0: Welcome to panel breakouts. Many episodes between Unstable Molecules podcasts, which take a quick peek at early Marvel comics and comic history. I'm Gary Hollingsby, and I've been looking at the comics that fed into the Marvel style and launched its superhero universe in the early 1960s. I've been particularly looking at the the Goodman Company's publications aimed at girls, and tracing the influence they had on the early Marvel superhero comics. Miss America, the Blonde Phantom, Sun Girl, and Namora. Were all female superheroes designed by timely comics to appeal to a sizable female readership that comics had in the second half of the 1940s. But the most fascinating female superhero, if you can describe her as a superhero, of the Golden Age, is undoubtedly Venus, the ancient goddess who comes to Earth to fall in love, edit a fashion magazine and have all sorts of romantically charged adventures. Venus had a relatively long run consisting of 19 issues between 1948 and 1952. It's a comic that rapidly shifts genres from fantasy to career girl, romance, adventure to science fiction and finally horror. How do you fall in love? In love? To the music of harps and flutes. Flutes? So that's how you fall in love. Be glow when you speak love Our summer day withers away Too soon, too soon speak One Touch of love Venus was a 1948 romantic musical starring love. Ava Gardner in the role of a shot mannequin of the goddess Venus who comes to life when she's kissed. And it's likely that this was, it was the popularity of this movie that inspired Stan Lee to produce a Venus comic. And certainly, there's a famous publicity photo of Ava Gardner posed in a long, flowing dress that's exactly copied for the Venus comic logo. In her really excellent history of American romance comics, Love on the Racks, Michelle Nolan describes Venus as Marvel's first attempt to match a character to whatever trend she seemed to fit at the time. And it's suggested that Venus was originally drawn by Ed Winiarski, an all-round artist who drew for Time Leon Atlas between 1941 and 1958. But it's hard to tell. Dr Michael J. Vassalo, author of The Secret History of Marvel Comics, gives a pretty compelling argument for George Klein as a pencil on the first two issues. Issue three is clearly drawn by a different artist who draws in a less cartini style and Visalo suggests Ken Bald for Issues 4, and Joe Manili for Issue 5. An artwork after that seems to be a collaboration of different pencillers and inkers up until Issue 9, when it was pencilled by a young, art, a young artist called Werner Roth, who went on to draw Lorna the Jungle Girl, and was later the artist on X-Men after Kirby. And from Issue 13 until the end, there was Bill Everett, legendary creator of Namor the Submariner. Venus is actually an incredibly readable comic in terms of its storytelling and art. The first issue's origin story is delightful. The goddess Venus, who lives on, you guessed it, the the planet Venus, is bored with her perfect life and travels to Earth seeking friendship and love. And her beauty immediately gets her into trouble. And she's rescued by Whitney P. Hammond, a young Clark Gable-like magazine publisher who realises he can use Venus's good looks to sell his magazine. The magazine's called Beauty. And he gives her the job of editor, much to the envy of Della, who goes on to become Venus's rival. In the first story, Venus tries to explain who she is, but it isn't believed by Hammond, particularly because her superpowers, which include walking through walls, don't seem to work on Earth. And effectively, that's the first story. Venus arrives... Um, gets a job, falls in love. No one believes that she's the goddess of, of love. Much of the early issues deal with Venus's love for Whitney. But by issue four, the tone changes and the comic becomes less focused on girl romantic humour and sort of romantic elements. And more on fantasy adventure. A blend of gods from Greek and Norse mythology recur. Loki becomes an ongoing villain in the middle issues, but Satan also pops up, as as well as his son, in some quite weird stories. And certainly anyone who's picked up issues 7 to 8 with pulpy, painted romantic covers would have been bemused by the cover of issue 9 with its Satan-like figure, who is Loki, wrestling a god like Jupiter. Then we've even been more confused with issue ten and its classic science fiction cover with a, a two-headed dragon-like alien, a spaceman, and rocket ship. From issue eleven onwards, and certainly after Bill Everett takes over on the art, the stories become pretty grim and horrific, and the title of the stories give an indication of the supernatural direction the, the comics taking. For example, "The Tower of Death." And the final issue, issue 19, has a cover that wouldn't really be amiss from a 50s EC horror title. The cover has Venus in the embrace of a skeleton whose human face has slipped off like a mask. And shadowy cloaked skeletons watch um, sort of voyeuristically from a distance. And the kiss of death, we're told on the cover, is the most terrifying horror that ever existed. And inside, the ghoulish story about a man who summons his dead wife is followed by an equally upsetting demon of the deep and finally, the Box of Doom. And all these stories have a little build-up. By now, the romance has completely disappeared from the, from the title. And these stories jump straight into dramatic action um, without really any sense of build-up. And by the end of the run... Venus is even dispensed with any notion of um, a romantic angle between her and Whitney, um, and effectively it's no longer a romance comic at all. It's this genre-shifting nature of the Venus comic that I think feeds most readily into the early Marvel Universe, and the way that Marvel creators would blend genres in superhero stories. Things like the romantic elements in Spider-Man, the science fiction, um, big monsters and family drama of the Fantastic Four, or even the mix of crime, Cold War politics, science and superhero in something like Ant-Man or Iron Man, or even of the, the use of cosmic mythology in hospital romance in Thor. I don't think you see such a deliberate mixing of genres in other publishers like National DC in the same way in the early 60s. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this has been Panel Breakouts, a mini-podcast about comics that lay the foundations for the early Marvel superhero universe.